Welcome to Whiskey and Lemon. I am your host, Lana Mercedes. Apparently, you all loved the Apology Style series, so I am bringing you a bonus episode, part four, where we are expounding on how to move forward without an apology or the gratification of closure. Now, I use the words gratification of closure not because it is always a gratifying experience, but because closure is typically answering some sort of question or the feeling as though some sort of conflict or traumatic event has been resolved. Psychology Today defines closure as the act, achievement, or sense of completing or resolving something. An important lesson to learn is that we cannot change people. It is hard enough making changes within ourselves. So yes, it may be a difference of apology languages, but there are five that we had discussed over the last few episodes, and when someone does wrong, whether or not it is simple or difficult for them to apologize, they owe that to the person they have offended. It's a work in progress. It's up to you to decide if you're going to allow that person time to get there. And on the other hand, some people are just assholes, and they are either going to finally stop being an asshole work on not being an asshole, which also could include apologizing for their asshole ways. Or then we have two issues where the person either doesn't see how much of an asshole they are because assholes usually don't, or they really do know it and just don't care. The thing to keep in mind is your boundaries and what you will and will not allow into your space. One of those boundaries would be not making it your responsibility to tell someone about themselves. It's not our jobs. The way a person may treat you really has more to do with them, and they may never even know it. But it's not our jobs to make someone a decent human being, to make them kind or considerate, to make them respectable or integral. You set your boundaries and think of it as a wall around you, your own personal space. If someone wants to try and ignore your boundaries and try to break that barrier, what happens? They walk right into the wall and harm themselves. They could try to push the wall, but that is your boundary. So you don't allow that to happen, because if you do allow it, what happens? You get closed in on. When someone wrongs you and is aware of it, there are only two reasons why they won't apologize. Their pride will not allow them to do so because they are incapable of accepting that they make mistakes. Therefore, they just try to convince themselves that their behavior was justified. The second reason, they don't care. There is decisional apologies and emotional apologies, and there is decisional forgiveness and emotional forgiveness. Decisional apologies are where, although you may not think you are in the wrong, you remember part two and three of the series, but you apologize because you know the hurt you have caused, and you simply want to maintain harmony. Emotional apologies are the ones where you have pure remorse for your wrongdoing. It's not a decision made strictly out of analysis, but because you immediately knew you were wrong and wanted to address the situation. This same thing goes for decisional forgiveness. It's when you make a conscious decision to forgive someone's wrongdoing. You choose to move forward associating neutral or positive feelings toward the person that offended you instead of holding on to the negative ones that are affecting you. And then again, we have the emotional forgiveness which is where you genuinely have forgiven the person, both whether you received apologies or not. Either way, it is in our best interest to move forward under the willingness to believe. Not necessarily under the assumption, but the willingness to believe that someone has the ability to understand that they have done wrong and are capable of change. 
It provides more benefit to our own health this way. In fact, Dr. Lorraine Toussaint's 2012 study found a connection between conditional forgiveness and mortality. So this doesn't mean that you go around blindly allowing people to keep hurting you repeatedly, but with the willingness to believe that someone is sorry and has and will learn not to repeat certain actions can decrease your risk of dying. A few ways we can learn to move forward without an apology is one, live in the moment. Holding on to resentment only holds us in the past. Number two, divert your focus from the offender and focus on yourself. Resentment only allows someone else to have power over our emotions. Number three, own your part of the conflict. That is what you control. And even if the other person doesn't have the ability to do that for themselves, you can still do 100% of your part. By taking accountability for yourself, you win. If they don't take accountability, that's their loss of an opportunity to grow. Number four, have empathy. Sometimes people's behavior is a projection of something they are dealing with. Their behavior says more about them and less about you. The quicker you realize it is not about you, the quicker you let your frustration go. And the quicker you realize it is not your job to avenge your feelings. And number five, lose any possible need for validation that the people around you suck, basically. Everyone in this world is different and we're not all going to get along. But when we are constantly seeking the bad in everyone around us, relationships, friendships, family, work, etc., we could begin to eliminate them one by one in our lives at an attempt to prove to ourselves all along that everyone sucks and that this is the reason why we have negative emotions. When we don't receive closure on a situation, we can let our minds run wild and have thoughts as to why we are not getting the response we desire so much. We can create stories about why people aren't responding in the way we hoped or even responding at all. This again goes back to how we can take power over our own emotions. Sometimes we simply won't get the closure we need. Even if we have a conversation, it simply may not go the way we want it to. So when we take control over our emotions, we provide our own closure. We can do so by writing a letter. This has four major benefits. Number one, if the closure you need is to get your feelings out, you can write those thoughts and emotions down. If the closure you need is the words or apology from someone, write down the words you hope that you could receive so that you can take the time to write it out and read it back and sit in the feelings that those words conjure up inside of you. Even though it is coming from you, it can still release the angst you have around a situation when you play out the story the way you felt you needed it to. Number two, this is an opportunity to see the rest of this story play out without feeling any shame or judgment in the process. At the end of the day, we can only hope for a situation to take place the way we hope. The only way we can really have it work out that way is if we hold that space within ourselves. Number three, this is a chance for us to say what we need to say, even if it isn't communicated the best. I'm sure you have been in an argument and hoped you didn't say certain things, or any kind of situation where you hoped you handled something differently. Well, when you have this dialogue on your own, there is no need for that regret. And number four, you can also gain some confidence. You are fully taking power of your emotions and putting your thoughts on paper. You can use this tool in almost any situation and allow yourself to move forward from something without the need of someone else's input or validation. You can also get your words down on paper and realize that you can assert those feelings needed with eloquence and thought.
I also wanted to pull up some strategies for those that may have been looking for ways to release the need for relationship-specific closure. I pulled a few straight from psychology today. Number one, recognize the loss from a breakup and give yourself time to grieve. Don't just gloss over the loss and ignore the pain by celebrating. Number two, take the high road. You've likely lost a lot and the pain can lead to anger. Try to let go of anger and desire for revenge. Vengeance is not a path to healing. Number three, free yourself from negativity. Don't put down your ex and ask friends and family to not make disparaging remarks. Talking bad about your ex keeps you in a cycle of pain and keeps you in the past. Number four, find a friend, family member, or counselor who will listen to your pain without fanning flames of anger. Number five, seek forgiveness. Number six, learn to live with some questions. You don't have to understand everything that happened. Number seven, identify what is missing now that you are not in that relationship and find ways to slowly rebuild your life. Number eight, hope in tomorrow without trying to erase your past. You will not always feel so bad and you can find joy again even before the pain ends. My first quote for you this week is from author Ellen Goodman. There's a trick to the graceful exit. It begins with a vision to recognize when a job, a life stage, or a relationship is over and let it go. It means leaving what's over without denying its validity or its past importance to our lives. It involves a sense of future, a belief that every exit line is an entry, and that we are moving up rather than out. And second, a quote by Albert Einstein, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. I appreciate every single one of you listening and sharing this podcast with your family and friends. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.